Hello, my teacher friends, and welcome to episode lucky number 13 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, and I am happy, as always, to be your anytime piano teacher friend. So, first off, Thank you for loving last week's episode on one-word strategies for our students. You know, as we find ourselves considering all of these fresh strategies for the new year, I have written all of January's episodes around themes of self-reflection for the studio. You should probably know that if you haven't figured it out already, I am a total sucker for all things self-reflection or vision planning or personality analysis, um, all of those types of things. And many of you are in the same boat and messaged me this week to tell me that you really enjoyed the little five-minute homework assignment I gave you last week. (laughs) So I thought I'd give you a little bit more of an assignment today. Let's talk about teaching philosophies, shall we? (laughs) Have you ever written your own teaching philosophy? Chances are, if you've ever taken a pedagogy class, that you probably have. But I know that does not apply to every studio teacher. And for others, well, perhaps it's been a minute since you wrote the last one that you did. (laughs) So first of all, let's just establish what a philosophy of teaching is. Maybe that sounds complicated to you, or maybe it sounds like unnecessary busy work. (laughs) Maybe it sounds intimidating or whatever, but I will beg to differ with all of those perceptions. A philosophy of teaching is very simply a collection of ideas that you have about your approach to teaching. It is no secret that the field of music teaching employs a very wide variety of individuals. Am I right? (laughs) If we're being honest, most of us are guilty of judging the approach of a teacher or two in our past lives, right? (laughs) But in the end, I have really learned to make peace and actually to embrace the fact that there are teachers out there with a wide variety of experiences, expectations, and approaches to their teaching. Barring any type of behavior that is actually harmful to a student, I actually have no problem with the fact that there are many educators out there who see the world of teaching music differently than I do. So knowing this, challenging yourself to write a teacher's philosophy can help you carve out a more clearly defined role for yourself here in this very diverse profession we share. You, being you, (laughs) probably have some idea of what you feel strongly about in your studio. However, I think that there's something more impactful about giving your insights enough designated attention to put them into writing. And, of course, if it exists in hard copy, that provides you with a great marketing tool to share on your website or social media or to distribute to your current students. 
You know, a well-articulated studio policy can be a real selling point to potential students. I credit mine pretty heftily with helping to attract the types of families who understand that I am like all in when it comes to piano teaching, as opposed to someone who just does this as a little side hustle. And if nothing else, an effective studio policy is one of those things that screams, I am a professional, (laughs) without actually having to declare, I am a professional. (laughs) Because pro tip, if you have ever found yourself in a position where you are actually uttering those words, chances are they were not being received in the manner you would hope for. Am I right? Now, of course, I could just end the episode right now and say, hey, go write yourself a philosophy and let me know how it goes. (laughs) But that would be of pretty little help, wouldn't it? (laughs) So never fear, your anytime piano teacher friend here has a tried and true system to share with you. And the best news is it really does not involve anything like sitting down for five straight hours and deep thinking and beating yourself up over your inabilities to craft perfectly written philosophies, (laughs) right? It's actually pretty simple. If I'm being honest, I actually love to write and pouring over crafting the perfect sentence is actually something that brings me a lot of joy. (laughs) But I would definitely not consider myself in the majority on that point. (laughs) So here, my friends, is my foolproof strategy for writing a studio philosophy. Many years ago, (laughs) I would say it was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 2008, I attended a symposium at Butler University where Steve Roberson talked about this idea of building a studio philosophy. He compared it to a program that used to air on NPR called This I Believe. So this was a program that aired for four years, started in 1951, and it consisted of individuals, some famous and some not, writing short essays on whatever beliefs they had come to feel sure of in this life. And during that workshop, Dr. Roberson challenged us to approach our teaching philosophies with that one simple question. When it comes to teaching music, what do I believe? I'll say it again. (laughs) When it comes to teaching music, what do I believe? Well, even though at that point in my life, I had already written multiple philosophies for multiple pedagogy courses, I found Dr. Roberson's perspective to be delightfully straightforward, and it has really stuck with me ever since that day. And now that I find myself in a position where I am teaching piano pedagogy courses myself, My first semester students are given a handout on day one titled This I Believe. I invite them to keep that document close while we're in class and to set up a note on their phones or wherever that they can keep track of ideas that come to them over the course of the semester. After all, we all know some of our best ideas come to us when we least expect it, right? One reason I really like this approach is the fact that the prompt doesn't hold any pressure. 
You know, there's no need to craft the perfect sentence because you really can do this in bullet points. It doesn't have to be like a life-defining reflection of your contributions to our field. And really, there's no requirement of how many beliefs you even have to list. After all, when it comes to something like this, simplicity often communicates more than something really verbose ever will, right? <laughs> you know, there's also no time frame. It's an easily editable, adaptable collection of thoughts, and that's it. Since our approaches to teaching are likely, hopefully, going to evolve over our entire careers, something as simple as asking yourself, when it comes to teaching, what do I believe, is a really manageable question. So, teacher friends, that's what I would encourage you to do today. Start a note in your phone, or in your bullet journal, or any place you have easy access to, and over the next few weeks or months, add whatever thoughts come to your brain. Just fundamental aspects of music teaching. I'll give you mine momentarily. <laughs> After a few weeks or months or whatever of collection, then you can go back and think a little bit deeper on these things. You can edit them a little bit more substantially, and voila! You will have yourself a studio teaching philosophy that helps you define your special place in this teaching space. So in the name of going first, <laughs> I will share with you the philosophy that I have on my studio website at the current moment. Now, let it be known that especially after putting this episode together, I feel challenged in my own right to kind of start over from scratch. Perhaps you are in the same boat as me in the fact that I do review my philosophy every summer, and sometimes I make small tweaks to it, but I also can't help but feel like, you know, rather than editing an already existing document, I think it might be really helpful for me to kind of start from a clean slate. So I am going to join you in compiling a list of fresh ideas over the next several weeks. It's very likely I'll end up with the same exact ideas as I already have published, <laughs> but maybe I won't. I figure if nothing really changes, I can at least just move forward further affirmed. Um, but you never know, perhaps I'll stumble upon some worthy improvements. As I mentioned before, I really tend to think that simple is the key here. However, brevity has never been my strong suit, so these are probably a little lengthier than I see in my ideal mind. Um, more reason to revise, I suppose. <laughs> but just so you know, I'm going to read you the primary bullet points of the philosophy I have posted, um, but on my website, each of these bullets contains some accompanying text. So if you're really interested in reading the entire thing, feel free to Google Whitlock Piano Studio Philosophy, and I'm sure you will find it. <laughs> anyway, the basics of my current studio philosophy read like this. As founder of Whitlock Piano Studio and as a teacher of music, I believe the following. And the bullet points from there read... 
everyone, regardless of age or unique ability, is capable of making music successfully. Second bullet point, relationships are key to successful music study. Music is a language, thus a form of communication. The importance of art for the sake of art. Music studies foster more than creativity and entertainment. Natural abilities may help individuals achieve greater success, but this never occurs without focused effort. Parents play a pivotal role in the success of young musicians. And lastly, effective practice time involves a balance of discipline and playing for enjoyment. That's it. That's my list. I hope that I have given you a non-threatening, non-time-consuming way to build or refresh your studio philosophy. You know, it might work out really well just to aim to collect ideas for the next several months and then use the summer term to compile your final draft. Well, if it ever really is final. (laughs) Of course, once you go to all of this effort, however minimal it might be, I would strongly encourage you to actually share this philosophy. (laughs) Publish it on whatever piece of internet real estate you have, distribute it to current families and potential students, and maybe even consider displaying it in your studio itself. You know, my dentist, of all people, (laughs) has a copy of his philosophy of dental practice yes, it's a thing, Um, hanging in every room in his practice. It's something I noticed right away when I started seeing him, and I instantly admired that about the way he ran his business. From a parental perspective, I can tell you this. My daughter has had the same teacher for fourth and fifth grades, and at the beginning of the school year, she distributes the most fantastic teaching philosophy, (laughs) centering on ideas of how struggle is an integral part of the learning process and also on the benefits of gamification in the educational process. And I seriously love this philosophy so much, I have found myself pulling it out and reading it for my own enjoyment as an educator. (laughs) No joke, I love it that much. And of course, it makes me really value her. Well, it's that time to almost say goodbye. But first, you know, I can't help myself. I need to give a proper send off. <laughs> Allow me once again to offer a toast to you. <laughs> Music teacher friends of the world, we are changing lives every week. And as you know, those lives are changing us as well. I hope that you will take steps this week to record your beliefs where it comes to teaching or any other aspect of your life that you find important, for the record. (laughs) And ultimately, I hope that these will help you feel ever more secure in your identity as an educator. Your ideas do not have to resemble mine. 
In fact, the entire point of this exercise is to search your own values and ideas. I raise a glass to you, my teacher friends, and I honor the uniqueness that you bring to our field. Thank you for being part of such important work. Hear, hear. was fun, wasn't it? (laughs) I hope that I am not alone in finding self-reflection to be so enjoyable. (laughs) Speaking of enjoyable, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and on Facebook. Just search up Beyond Measure Podcast and you will find me there. I wanted to throw out a humongous thank you this week to those who are writing reviews for me on Apple Podcasts. So if you don't know, the star reviews that you can leave are awesome, and thank you so much for those. (laughs) But the written reviews are what really give the algorithms the incentive to boost this podcast further into cyberspace. So thank you, thank you to those of you who have left written reviews. And I mean, seriously, you have all echoed every hope that I've ever had for this podcast. And so that has been really wildly affirming. So if you have written, just know that you hold a very special place in my heart. And for the rest of you, just know that that's a place in my heart that has room for more. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'll leave that there, my friends. Thank you again for hanging out with me today and take those philosophy notes this week. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Let's make it a good one, everyone.